Spoken Word, half an hour of poetry and performance, your connection to Melbourne's grassroots poetry scene, the voice of those of us who have nothing but our voices. Welcome to the Spoken Word program on 3CR Community Radio. Many of you have tuned in on 8.55am on the wireless or streamed from www.3cr.org.au. My name is Brendan Bonsack. 3CR is proud to acknowledge that we broadcast from the lands of the Wurundjeri people. We pay our respects to their elders past and present. On today's program I will be playing an interview with one of Melbourne's favourite spoken word performers, Amy Bedossian, described by the advertiser as Endearing, disturbing, confronting, emotive and fragile. Here is Amy performing See Inside Me, which was recently adapted for film. My new psychologist is in St Kilda, which is a long way from Coburg. She specialises in OCD, so I take the two trams, my mind crammed with nothing in particular, but so urgent that I can't see anything until she calls my name and I I look up from the waiting room. An hour and a half later, I am standing on the foreshore, looking out across the ocean, her vast, shifting and she's breathtaking always the, the thoughts start to come in my, my, my meta mind starts to think am I, am I doing this right? how can I best serve this moment? best observe the light maybe if I stand a bit on an angle no, no, that's not right maybe, maybe, maybe a bit to the left no, that's not right I, I know, I just take my glasses off so I'm more open and receptive it's way too blurry just put, put them back on I know it. I should be wearing my love heart socks. If I was wearing my love heart socks instead of the ones with the with the with the stripes, I'd definitely be connecting with this moment. Was that out of the corner of my vision? A, a jogger, I think. But why can't I see their face? Connect with their humanity? Why can't I make a decision to be right here? What's wrong with me? Why do I even have OCD? that pain in my stomach maybe I'm getting a disease oh my god I hope my bag didn't touch the bathroom sink of that public toilet I don't want to think I just want to be in the moment and I feel like I'm letting her down the ocean she's so beautiful what if I never see her again what if this is the last time and my stupid brain won't let me be my brain won't let me be my brain my brain my brain brain what's wrong with me what's wrong with me and she just rolls in and out washing against the city bay her glassy swells churning and then I hear her say I'm ruminating too, just like you, with my troubled and turbulent black and 
blue depths. My tides are swept in and out by this moon. I don't get to choose these waves or how I behave. And the sky, it's so moody. I can't prescribe the weather. I can't be choosy. I must surrender. But I'm endlessly chattering, rippling, gurgling. Sometimes I'm calm, but beneath the surface I'm always working. Yes, yes, I I leap and I spray irrepressible. I play, but I ruminate too, just like you. love her, how on warm days she sparkles in the sun and on days like today when she is like a Morrissey song all gloomy and windswept. I love to long, I, I love her blustery choppiness, those white caps that take me back to when I was a little girl and I did life-saving. I was only eight. I was a nipper and my parents would drive me to training every Saturday and take me to all the carnivals. And my mum, my mum would sit on the edge of my bed at 5am to take me to the pool. My mum, my poor suffering mum with her turbulent washing machine waves and those unfathomable depths I could not save her from just like she could not save her mum and all of this adult world that set my tiny little nervous system and mind racing, working overtime, always ruminating, trying to find a way to keep on swimming. I was only And as I stand on the foreshore, looking out across this irrepressible life force, lap, lap, lapping at the urban jungle, she's so beautiful that the years start to leak out of me, the salty depths inside trying to find their way back to this blue black scene. For a brief, unselfconscious moment, I, I look up and I really notice a flock of cormorants majestic against the steely sky. If you've just tuned in, this is the Spoken Word program on 3CR Community Radio. And that was Amy Bedossian performing See Inside Me, which was recently adapted for film. A few days ago, I was fortunate enough to be invited to Amy's home in Coburg, where I drank tea and asked her how she goes about writing a poem and where she draws her inspiration. Um, water. Any water? So, like by the Merry Creek or when I walk by the ocean because I feel like the water, I feel like water is very calming because, yeah, you can see it it ruminating and moving and shifting and the light shifting on it and that's calming to me because it's like looking in 
a nature mirror and feeling soothed that I am connect. I feel very connected. Do you have trouble being still generally? Yes, I have trouble being still. Yes, because I have OCD and a bit of uh, attention deficits, so I can't focus and I'm very restless. So if you're walking, how do you filter out distractions like dogs, birds, other people, <laughs> phone calls, things like that? How do you filter them out? I bring things into my poems. Everything in, everything comes in. Like it's like meditation, I guess. So you know you can't filter things out. You you welcome them them in and they annoy you and for me like if something annoys me which many things do because i have neurosis particularly dogs but because i have a bit of fear there and then i have get really meta about that because i love dogs so then i'm like i get scared of the dog and then i get sad that i got scared of the dog because i love the dog so there's so much neurosis there to work with in a poem right there so much internal you know just so many layers really and then do you edit yeah, yeah. I think sometimes I just want to say a little thing, like a little moment in my life, and sometimes I want to tackle a big thing. And if I'm tackling a little moment, then I can do that relatively quickly. But if I'm tackling a big thing, like um, the in the Dirty 30, which, by the way, everyone, is really stressful and uh, highly neurotic Facebook group that... Um, that is really great and it's for Poetry Month in April and everyone should do it if they want to lose their mind. Um, anyway, so as, yes, so I was uh, having to, uh, so one of the prompts was to uh, write an apology thing uh, to someone that you've hurt. So I tried to write one to my mum and that's a huge Deep well, massive, massive ocean, so nuanced and complex, and I just couldn't, no way. But then, um, then the day before, there was one about uh, just something you like about yourself, and I was like, oh, you know, I, I, I had a little surgery last week, and I noticed how good I am at surrender and being cared for and vulnerability in that context, and so I wrote that, and it was really quick, because it was just like, eh. You feel the emotion and you try, you really want to capture the image, the exact image. Well, mine's emotional, but some people might not be like that. But, you know, and I just try to capture the exact image that coincides, that's compatible with the feeling that I'm feeling. Yes? Do you take into consideration what the audience might be thinking? No. I don't feel like I do that. I feel like it's a universal thing that if I capture the thing I'm trying to say I'm tapping into something that's so universal that people will inherently like get it and like it do you know what I mean that's the thing it feels like if I get the image right then it will be scratching an itch that many people will relate to but the bigger more nuanced questions as you say they're harder to get to yeah I think things just emerge, actually. Like, they just emerge over time. Like, you know what I mean? You can't plan for it. Like, my mum will just bob up at, at some point. But I think experiences, they take a while to, to move through you. And then, like, a few years later, you find yourself writing about something or whatever. Like, uh, yeah. But I don't try to force anything. But because I'm less... 
uh, urgent than I was when I was younger because I wasn't having all these big emotions, you know, that were for the first time, you know, what it's like. Um, you know, around puberty when you start to go through some really extreme changes when your ego starts to just throb and become aware of sex, really, where it all goes downhill from there. Like, yeah, these little groups on Facebook, and they're actually they're really good for me because they force me to even bother to write, or I just wouldn't. Do you yeah. feel like you need an audience? Yeah, I think so. Although, well, the sheer pleasure of it is pretty great. Like, the pleasure of making the thing is really great. But I think I have a pretty strong desire to be received. Mm. 3CR broadcasters present over 100 radio programs every week, including a diverse range of community language shows. Come smarter than a 3CR community radio, please subscribe now. Just a moment, 3CR community radio, Araja Al Ishtrakal and. Ningal Ungalin Samuhavanali, 3CR, Kurt Kondir Kondir Hal. Rindre Nayingal. Están escuchando Radio Comunitaria 3CR. Suscríbete ahora. Netsuketsek Radio y Gairanin, Boretangudam Elbumi Hai Kaotin, Hima Artanakrevetsek Ipertrisiari Antam. Support the station that gives your community a voice. Subscribe to 3CR. Welcome back to the Spoken Word program. You're tuned to 8:55 a.m. Community Radio 3CR. My name is Brendan Bonsack, and I'm speaking with poet and performer Amy Bedossian. I think I like pretty things, like there's untoward aspects of my personality or my OCD that would it would be so fascinating and it's the ultimate vulnerability, but I don't think I can go there for fear of being misunderstood and also possibly aesthetically it doesn't interest me. But I wonder if that's a thing with many people. Like, there's places that they just don't go. And sadly, they may be the most interesting places of all. I don't know. There's so much stigma or whatever around certain concepts. Or like with OCD, you know, like if it's say like you're afraid of getting HIV from touching tap, which personally I don't have. Or like it's all around bodily fluids or feces or, you know, like contamination. Like none of that, yeah, is aesthetically very attractive. And I like things to be kind of redemptive or, you know, like, what is it? No mud, no lotus. I like the lotus bit. I don't just want to talk about the mud. You've got a new show coming up. That's true. Yeah, that's right. Um, so the show is called Don't Worry, I've Got It Covered. I wrote that two, so, uh, two years ago, let's just say, and now I have... Uh, I'm bored of, of some of the material that was in the original one, so now I have written some new poems that I'm putting into the show, and with the benefit of hindsight, the new poems I've put in are uh, more driving the story along, and they're um, about me and this dude, and little moments, little moments during the courtship, relationship, demise, etc., little snapshots that bring it all together more remember when you fucked me from behind on the porch at 12 a.m smoking a cigarette and that couple got more than they bargained for catching your head between my legs in the street light 
And then in the kitchen next to the fridge, my head against the cracked wall, my mouth big around that beautiful thing that made me cry when we said goodbye, the thought of never seeing it again. And then remember how the next morning we lay in bed listening to the Cocteau Twins and I made sure you heard every word Liz Fraser was singing. There is a way and that's what hurts. Lucy, Lucy. Lucy, Lucy, Lucy. I remember giving her my favourite dress to wear on your very first date. I was such a good friend to you both. And when you broke up 10 years later, I got to fuck you on the porch at 12am. 10 years I waited to feel your breath hot on my neck and cry into your chest to the sound of our favourite band singing her name the next morning. Do you get anxious before shows? Um, well, the thing is, neurosis and anxiety, actually, they're the same thing, aren't they? I just like the word neurotic because it's more cool. But, um, yeah, I don't think I get anxious. I get, um, it's like I get more OCD before I perform. So my rituals, like I, I have to have a completely empty bladder and I think that's a thing for a few people. But um, for me, it's quite, it's on steroids like it really has to be thoroughly empty and because I have OCD like going to the toilets are quite stressful in and of itself touching things everything so the whole pre-show ritual for me is quite um quite painful but it's just like my like when I'm always like about on steroids but I don't really get like anxious in terms of oh my god I'm going on stage it's more like it's like I can't wait to be on the stage where I feel relaxed like, it's like all this neurosis and OCD before I'm on the stage, I can finally relax because that's where I feel very comfortable. I feel very comfortable on stage. And I think, like, because I like uh, connecting with people and I like talking to lots of people at once, it's really great because you're getting to talk to heaps of people about something you really care about all in one go. Do you have trouble connecting with people one-on-one? Um, no, I connect well one-on-one. Romantically, though, yes, definitely. Struggle with that. But friendships is fine, yeah. But that's, like, in my shows, I think I say, oh, you know, I'm still going to be vulnerable with, like, an audience, but like, I can't be vulnerable in love, you know. I don't know. It's, like, are people being truly vulnerable? I, I really don't know. Maybe I have high expectations. About, what, what does it mean to be vulnerable? Uh, well, yeah giving yourself it, people aren't very good at being vulnerable I don't think like being the first one to say okay so something would be like being the first person to say I love you or something like that that's vulnerable taking a risk like I don't think performing is that vulnerable because you are in control of how you're being seen it's all just like a show really like I don't feel like you're really taking a risk it's sad if people don't come to your show or if you get a bad review, but, you know, it's not like love or dying or whatever. It's not like that. But what about a performer like uh, Hannah Gatsby? Yeah, she was so vulnerable. 
Yeah, because she's really having an emotion. You know what I mean? Like in that Nanette, we're talking about everyone. If you have seen Nanette or you haven't seen Nanette, it's really great. Uh, and Hannah Gadsby's unpacking what it is to be uh, a comedian and talks about tension and release and how she's playing out pain from her uh, her childhood and, you know, whatever, older, um, but doing it in this kind of meta comedic way and, yeah, anyway, getting stuck uh, in tension and release, not really... Anyway, she's talking about that and in the show she's moving beyond it and actually going to the places that she said she never went to in her comedy, which is why she says in the show that she's quitting comedy. Um, And she, yeah, talks about how in comedy she used to like uh, just stop at, at, like she tells a story but she kind of modify it to have a punchline and not tell the ugly bit but then in the net... She starts the show with the comedy bit and then by the end of the show she's going to the bits she wouldn't usually go to and kind of like we've been talking about. It's like then she goes there and she gets really angry and you can feel like she's having a real emotion right before your eyes and it's the juice and it's really where everyone wants her to go uh, and you feel like she was really, you know, when people really cry in front of you, they're not just acting yeah, that's vulnerable. That is vulnerable to cry in front of someone is vulnerable. You do a series of shows, so you do. Uh, don't worry, I've got it covered. Over how many nights? Three. Three nights. nights. So how do you access the emotions each night? Mm. I don't really have a method. I don't really know how. But the more I've been meditating and getting to know myself, the better I am at that. Because I'm just, I'm a, I'm an emotional wreck. So I'm just always, it's just always right there beneath the surface. I don't have to dig very deep, really. Like, I could cry right now, easily. <laughs> but you'll laugh instead. Yes. When did you get into meditation? Uh, six years ago I got into meditation. Because I am so neurotic, I'm a human first and a neurotic second. And most humans do have quite a bit of neurosis. And with meditation, the ability to sort of show up and sit with myself every day and watch myself being myself, I'm getting to know myself and all the ways I trick myself and my blind spots. And then also the connectedness with and then seeing my foibles and my humanity and there's sort of the compassion element of of then like seeing everyone else's humanity because the more one gets to know one's own humanity the more one gets in contact with humanity in general you just see how awful you can be as well and you're like it's all very squeamish squeamish to look at the ugly parts of us and then squeamish to look at the beautiful parts of us we don't really look at any of the parts of us i mean it's the best thing i've ever done in my whole life yes without a doubt yeah you are listening to spoken word on 3cr community radio we've been playing an interview with amy bedossian melbourne poet and performer to take us out to the end of the program Here's a recording of My Housemate's Girlfriend, performed by Amy Bedossian at Passionate Tongue some years ago and recorded by Melbourne Spoken Word 
and available on their YouTube channel. It's a hot night. <sighs> this poem kind of just flows right on and I wrote this like a couple of weeks ago too because, you know, it's kind of pathetic. I'm a bit pathetic in this poem. <laughs> pathos, a lot of pathos. So, um, yeah, basically my housemates are having sex in the next room and I love lawn. <laughs> And you know that feeling when having a really good time and you're ooh, desolate, desolate. But you're trying to feel happy for them. Yeah, I am happy for them. They have sex quite a lot. So they're having a really good time. They're very demonstrative about that. So that's good. Everyone's invited into their joy. So that's good. Okay, I'll see if I can remember it. And if I don't, then I'm going to get my phone out halfway through and start again. So I'm just letting you know that that might happen. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, Ooh. they just go for, wow, there's a lot of endurance there. See, it's a marvel. It's a marvel. He fucks her into the hot, still night. Her gasps ripe and full and overt like her pendulous breasts that were falling out of her cobalt blue dress when she was standing in my kitchen only about half an hour before, consoling my neurosis about our resident rat that had just run across my bedroom floor. She assures me I won't get a rash. She's so relaxed as she shuts the door on her and my housemate's love den. And I perch on the edge of my bed, ruminating about possible infections. The rat runs through my food. I just, I can't let go. Then, sitting at my computer, I think of you Candles burn, each flame an attempt at solitude, my new calm life. Candles and meditation CDs, the hot summer night aches with suburban stillness outside my bedroom window. And then I hear her. Oh, 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 moaning like I so often do. I knew they'd be having sex tonight. They're always having sex. At first I think, you know, maybe it's a car in the distance, a howling dog, a siren perhaps. It's kind of abstract and indistinguishable. And of course, it is a siren, yes, but it's not a vehicle. It's her, her raw, intimate pleasure, bruising my wounded heart, each gasp a stab at that place that wants to be loved, each sigh searing that fragile spot that just wants to be hugged, wants to be filled. I came quietly into my hand by candlelight about ten minutes before. Humped a pillow and tried not to think of you. <laughs> but no one else has entered that space yet. Your face still fresh, faded, but uh, I can still access it if I absolutely have to. 
trying to remember, trying to forget, but remember, but forget, but remember. Not too much, just enough to make me come, get the job done. And then I lie satisfied and pathetic and spent. A tiny grey pebble in the huge night, whilst her sighs ring out loud and colourful and proud. Thank you. Well, that's all we have time for today. Amy Bedossian's new show, Don't Worry, I've Got It Covered, is on at Hares and Hyenas from the 23rd to the 25th of May. Check out her website or Facebook for details, www.amybadossian.com. Amy is also appearing at Poetry Spective on the 16th of April with our very own Santo Cazzati. So that promises to be a night of madness at uh, Pride of Our Footscray Community Bar. And for more information on regular poetry gigs in Melbourne, you can always go to www.melbournespokenword.com. 3CR Spoken Word airs every Thursday at 9am or streaming from 3cr.org.au. And of course, while you're there, don't forget to donate or subscribe. I am Brendan Bonsack. Thank you for listening. Thank you.